You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Happy Friday, everybody. The keys to victory in week three on today's episode. A little film Friday as well. Looking at Brandon Ayuk's debut last week as a 49er, the first round wide receiver, and the final injury report, which doesn't look great heading into week three. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I'm your host, Brian Peacock, at BD Peacock on Twitter. I want a quick shout out to my listeners abroad. George hit me up on Twitter last night, said, Thanks for these podcasts, Brian, living the last 30 years in Thailand. These are super. Every morning on my jog, I can catch up with the latest Niners news. Cheers. Thank you very much, George. It's always awesome to hear from people all over the world. And the 49ers have a global fan base, and I have a global audience, and it's always really cool to uh, touch base with all of you out there, wherever you are. So thanks for listening. If you're brand new, thank you for joining us. And let's get into this week three matchup, Niners and Giants. We'll start with the injury report because that's the bad news. Get that out of the way first. And it is extensive. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will not play. Tight end George Kittle will not play. Raheem Mostert out. Tevin Coleman out. D. Ford out. Dre Greenlaw has a quad contusion. He will not play. Obviously, Richard Sherman on IR, along with Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, done for the year. They're on injured reserves. So the 49ers were, are without quite a few players. Those all put together, this is according to, it should be Sport Track, right? Spot Rack? Spo Track? It should be Sport Track. If it's not called Sport Track, they need to change their name to Sport Track. Website that covers player contracts and salary cap stuff from numerous sports. I usually go to overthecap.com. That's my favorite. Nothing against sport track, but you got to fix your name first if you want me to go to your website often. Uh, but a good nugget here from their Twitter account, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, D. Ford, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Dre Greenlaw, Richard Sherman. They're all out this week. That's $78 million of their 2020 cap. That's 40% of their cap that are out in this game. So nearly half of their salary cap spending will be on the sideline for this week three game against the Giants. 49ers can expect some of those players back and most of them other than Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas back fairly soon. So there is a get well period here for the 49ers if they can get along without a star player on their defensive line and Nick Bosa for the rest of the season. A couple other players on the injury report I have not yet mentioned. Cornerbacks Jason Verrett and Akella Witherspoon. And Verrett has been all week practicing in full. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. And now Akella Witherspoon coming up with a hamstring injury this week, limited in practice Friday. Witherspoon now questionable to go. Jason Verrett looks like he's primed to get the start for the 49ers. Oh, and by the way, congratulations to Raheem Mostert. He will not play this week, but he was able to go to, I believe it's the Cleveland area, and be with his wife as they gave birth to, well, they didn't. She gave birth, and he watched the birth of his second son. So congratulations to Raheem Mostert. I hope everybody is healthy there. And 
I hope Raheem Mostert is healthy for next week because they're going to need him the rest of the year. He is so explosive and fun to watch. Once they get off of this turf, get Raheem Mostert back there and running the football, making big plays for the 49ers in week four and beyond. So congrats to the Mostert family. And to be honest with you, I'm glad Mostert's not playing. I'm glad they're not trying to force George Kittle, who's already dealing with a sprained knee, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Those guys, it's just really smart that they were sitting and, you know, Jimmy didn't practice all week. I think it was pretty clear he wasn't going to play. That might have been a little gamesmanship by Kyle Shanahan saying that "Eh, maybe there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo can play. But with George Kittle, he was a limited participant in practice. He practiced more than he did last week. They thought he might have been able to go last week. It's smart to hold him out. All these players are too important for the bulk of the season when the the schedule gets a lot more difficult. And I don't want to underplay you know, an NFL opponent that is the New York Giants coming up this week, but I still think it's a winnable game. And if there's a game, you're going to sit some players and get guys healthy for the run that you want to make. This is the week to do it, especially on that turf. The New York Giants injury report, much, much shorter than the 49ers, although they did lose two starters last week to IR. Sterling Shepard going on injured reserve, the starting wide receiver, and of course, torn ACL for Saquon Barkley and his 2020 season is over. Former 49ers safety Adrian Colbert, now a New York Giant. He has a quad injury. He's been limited and is doubtful to play against his old squad Sunday. Carter Coughlin, linebacker, hamstring. Looks like he's good to go. And Brandon Williams, a cornerback, has a groin injury. Questionable to play against the 49ers. And that's the end of the injury report for week three. And before we get to the film Friday and keys to victory segments of this podcast, I do want to mention something that's been tweeted at me multiple times this week, and that is the revenge game. Speaking of former 49ers, tight end Caden Smith, who didn't make the Niners roster last year as a rookie, got picked up by the Giants. Now one of their three tight ends that that get a lot of playing time. The other, a former 49er in Levine Toilolo, and of course the one who has yet to have the breakout that Everyone, including me, have expected. I've had him on numerous fantasy football teams. I've got him on a team this year. Evan Ingram, former first-rounder. Dude runs a 4-4, and he's good. But the breakout hasn't come with the Giants. Maybe it'll never come. I don't know. Maybe this is the week. But he's not grading out well, according to Pro Football Focus. Hasn't been utilized as much as you would expect for someone as athletic. And he's got skills, too. He's not just a pure height-weight speed guy. There are some skills to go with the tools. Injuries obviously have been a problem for Ingram, but uh, no, I'll reiterate what I thought when the 49ers drafted Caden Smith, what I thought when they cut Caden Smith last year, and what I still think now is not a revenge game for Caden Smith. He's not someone you have to worry about coming back to bite the 49ers and say, gosh, dang, we let one get away. Uh, He's just not that good. And he's look, he's an NFL player, but he's a bottom of the roster NFL player. He's not somebody, and who knows, maybe he'll catch a touchdown pass against his former team on Sunday, but he's not somebody that you're ever going to look back and, and kick yourself because you let one get away. And I think most of those revenge game tweets were tongue in cheek, but some of them seemed pretty serious. I, I know there's a lot of people that were really mad when the 49ers cut Caden Smith last year. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. He's not going to look. He, he couldn't beat out Ross Dwelly. He's definitely not going to play if he was on the roster over Jordan Reed. And they drafted another tight end who I think is better, has a better outlook for his future because he's as athletic or more athletic in Charlie Warner, and he's already a better blocker. Or he was a better blocker in college, at least, than Caden Smith. Caden Smith was just kind of like, you know, just below average across the board, could do a little bit of everything okay. But you already have a better version than that, too, with Ross Dwelly, as it is. So, yeah, Caden Smith, not a revenge game. 
Adrian Colbert, doubtful. No revenge game there either. Let's talk a little bit more, though, about that New York Giants roster. Let's break down the debut from first-round wide receiver Brandon Ayuk last week against the Jets and the keys to victory for the 49ers to beat the New York Giants Sunday. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always give back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL. This season, get football in your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place, and NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You will also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films Archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Last week, I broke down every single snap of rookie first-round defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw's debut from Week 1. Brandon Ayuk out Week 1. He debuted last week against the Jets, so uh, not quite the same treatment. I'm not going to go as in-depth with what he did on every single play, you know, running plays that were to the opposite side of the field. But there definitely were some things to take away from his first game, and this is what I saw from the young man. The first thing, just seeing him out on the field, one of the and this happens almost with every single prospect that makes the transition from college to the NFL, is they look so much smaller. Like, everybody is so big and beastly in the NFL. You see a guy, and he was listed at six feet, and he's, you know, I think 5'11 and 5'8 or something like that, and maybe 205 pounds. So, you know, not the biggest guy, so you wouldn't expect him to be gargantuan and tower over people. But, you know, he didn't look big. He looked skinny, and he looked kind of small. Uh, He doesn't look like a diminutive little tiny slot receiver or anything like that. He's obviously a lot bigger than Trent Taylor, but he doesn't look like someone who, even on the college level sometimes, he's like, okay, he's got some good size. And he does have those long arms, and you don't really get an opportunity in this game to see him go up and utilize that reach or anything like that, which might make him look a little bit bigger, might play bigger. If you were camping, you would want Ayuk to be the guy that scares the bear and, and sticks his arms up in the air and makes him look bigger. But... Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's built for speed. He's not built for power. Let's put it that way with Brandon Ayuk. And you saw some of those quicks in this game. And at the Combine, he showed up. He had some injuries, ran a 4-5 flat. And some people speculated that, oh, it was a core muscle injury. Maybe he's a 4-3 guy. He's not a 4-3 guy. And you can see him run, and he's fast, and he's got good play speed. But pretty much as I expected, and you know, going from his college games, and look, this is still a small sample here, but looked a lot like the guy I saw on tape at Arizona State. You didn't really get to see him open it up with the ball in his hands, but he darts. He darts as a runner, and it's that 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 gear after he catches the ball. It's that second gear. It's not the third, fourth gear top speed where his play speed really shows. It's the second gear. It's that you run a slant, catch the ball, dart upfield. That's where I think uh, Brandon Ayuk does have somewhat of a special 
ability. So I'm excited to see him get the ball in his hands more and make some bigger plays than he did not in this game. 44 snaps overall for Ayuk. 26 of those were pass snaps. 18 were run plays. And he was in motion a lot. Pretty much a decoy, though, for the most part on those motions. And we might see him get the ball and get some more opportunities to, you know, jet sweeps, some screens and things. He did have an attempted screen in this game. In coming weeks, though, you would have to guess that they would get their first rounder involved a little bit more because he started the game. He was on the field a lot, but really was an afterthought in the offense, as have been wide receivers in total. More on that a little bit later. Didn't look great as a blocker, especially earlier on. He was a little hesitant and then started to mix it up a little bit better at times. There was one time where he completely whiffed on a block and you could tell he's like got mad at himself. So then he went and tried to seek somebody else out and hit them instead. So competitiveness was there, which I liked. Uh, and he did get a little bit better as a blocker in the second half. I, I think I saw him settle in really. I mean, look, it was his first NFL game. No training camp. Uh, I mean, no, uh, a little bit of training camp and no preseason games. So this is the first time he's played a game since college. And it was funny earlier on. It was more like he, he would run a play and then or, or block or, you know, whatever the play was. And then look back and kind of be like, OK, did I do that right? Am I good? Am I good? In the second half, I think he was playing a little bit more free. And you could tell it when he was blocking, just blocking maybe a little bit more physical and, and kind of getting after a little bit, maybe feeling a little bit more comfortable overall. Just reading body language there from Brandon Ayuk in his first game. He did get a block on the long run, the long McKinnon run. The 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 frustrating part for me here is that there wasn't many true pass routes for Ayuk. I mentioned he played 26 pass snaps. Most of those weren't routes where he was, you know, in uh, up against a DB who was in coverage on him and he was trying to shake him and run a route and uncover. Like that's not what his job was in that game, which which makes it frustrating when Kyle Shanahan talks about how his wide receivers weren't a part of the game plan in week one, and it looks like that was the case again in week two. You can see it. Like it's an afterthought. Like not only are the quarterbacks not looking for the receivers, the receivers aren't even looking for the ball. A lot of show me routes for Brandon Ayuk in this game where he didn't even look back. He's just running off a of safety or you know motioning to the backside of a play and just trying to flash to try to show a little misdirection for the defense. So. Really a decoy for the most part and a lot of show-me routes, which was frustrating because I wanted to see him, even if the ball wasn't coming his way, see him in some man coverage and see what he looked like against NFL defensive backs. His first catch was on a crossing route. He lined up wide left, came all the way across the field. Not even sure if Jimmy Garoppolo was targeting him. Actually, when I watched this playback a second time, there was another receiver in the area. I think it was maybe Trent Taylor. And uh, with, with Garoppolo rolling out to the right, there was two players kind of right in the same area. And then there was a little cluster of, you know, the two coverage defenders and then the two receivers in the same spot and kind of bumping into each other. So it was sort of a catch in traffic, which I liked because Ayuk didn't blink and he caught the ball in traffic there. And it was also you know third and six. So it was a, a first down, a third down conversion there, which was uh, his second catch as well. So he's a first down machine. Brandon Ayuk in his first NFL game. Didn't see the ball again until the second half in the third quarter. This is with Mullins at quarterback, second and 20. He was wide open. He was, he, he was completely uncovered, left sideline on a go route. Confusion on the back end by the Jets here. One corner followed Bourne, who was in motion, so signaling to the offense that it was going to be man coverage. But then the man on Ayuk, who was on the left side, had his eyes on the screen that it looked like the 49ers were trying to set up with Bourne. So, or maybe he just was confused and, and was playing some kind of a cover two zone there. 
by accident because there was no safety over the top on that side of the field. The safety was in the middle of the field, so he was running free down the left sideline wide open. And it looked like Mullins saw it, but he was sacked immediately by Quinnen Williams on that play. By the way, Quinnen Williams had a really nice game, probably his best NFL game, which is worrisome. And again, more on that interior offensive line for the 49ers later. Quinnen Williams on this play, though, beat actually not Lake and Tomlinson, but Trent Williams. He split Williams and Tomlinson, but it was Trent Williams who was trying to block down on Quinnen Williams inside. And so that was definitely on Trent Williams there and, and a nice play by Quinnen Williams showing that burst upfield and getting into that gap and sacking Mullins. Mullins actually fumbled on the play. It, it, here's what's weird about that play, though. It looked like they were setting up the screen to Bourne, which maybe is what the corner was seeing. But Mullins didn't initially look the way of Bourne on the screen pass when he was in motion. It looked like he saw what was going on with Ayuk down the field, but he didn't have time to let it go. Maybe Bourne was supposed to be a check down on that play, or maybe that was designed to go outside with, you know, to confuse the defense, and it completely worked and worked amazing, but Mullins didn't have time to let the ball go, or maybe just Mullins saw what was happening and wanted to make the throw there instead of dumping it off to Bourne on the screen. So really weird play and sort of uh, awkward on both sides of the ball there. Ended up being a sack and a fumble, Uh, but that was actually the same drive. That was early in the third quarter when... Jerick McKinnon ended up having that 55-yard run on third and 31. Fast-forwarding to the fourth quarter, the second and final catch in Brandon Ayuk's debut. Kyle dialed this one up just for him. Misdirection, Ayuk came across the formation behind the line after the snap, caught the ball near the line of scrimmage, and showed off his signature yak, which is what you love to see because that's why he was drafted. Again, 13 yards on this play, breaking an arm tackle, showing that burst. And um, that, that was fun because that's the kind of thing that you need from Brandon Ayuk. And that's the kind of thing the 49ers need to try to get him to do and get the ball in his hands so he can make some plays. Because right now, with everybody banged up, the 49ers don't have a ton of playmakers. And so I want to see more of that. The ball in Brandon Ayuk's hands more. And it can be quick hitters. It can be slants. It can be screens. It can be jet sweeps, whatever. I want to see more of that from Brandon Ayuk starting this week. And one final note on Brandon Ayuk. Later in the fourth quarter, he was targeted on a screen pass, lined up slot right. The defensive back, I believe it was Poole, sniffed it out and blew right through Charlie Warner, who was in motion and was supposed to be the lead blocker on that screen pass. And uh, both of those players kind of flashed in front of Ayuk, so Ayuk couldn't hold on to the pass, which was nearly a fumble, uh, but it was a forward pass. Ended up being an incomplete pass, but he picked it up, and everyone was kind of playing because they weren't sure if it was a fumble or an incomplete pass. And he actually, after picking it up off the ground, gained positive yards, and broke a tackle, uh, looked good running again, uh, but it was ruled dead. So uh, you got to catch that ball first of all. You can't put the ball on the ground, even with people flashing in front of you. But overall, Brandon Ayuk uh, showed some of the things that we saw from him in college. Very limited run, despite all the snaps he played. I mean, he played half of the game and was a starter, but was really just not utilized much at all. And in fact, 49ers wide receivers in total have been a complete afterthought in the offense so far this year. Could that change? In week three, let's talk a little bit more about this matchup in the keys to victory for the 49ers in week three. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet, your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Okay, shout out to all the listeners that were like, what happened to Keys to Victory this season? I didn't do it in the first two weeks, and the 49ers 
Had a bunch of injuries, didn't play well. I think we need to get back to the keys to victory. We need to get back to what led to a 13-win season in 2019. I know it had a lot to do with this podcast, right? So, uh, keys to victory for the 49ers to beat the New York Giants in week three. Uh, This probably should be number one, but I'm just going to put it right here because it is too important. Number five, stay healthy. Wear sneakers if you have to. Don't get any legs caught underneath you. We can't have this. We can't have this in the NFL league-wide. So many players getting hurt, and for the 49ers specifically, who have been hit harder than anyone, 40% of their player salaries are sitting on the sideline. Some of the best players on the team. If you made a list of the best players on the 49ers roster coming into the season, most of them are hurt. They still have a few good ones who aren't currently banged up, and they're going to have to lean heavily on those guys to play like stars this week because the New York Giants, while they're 0-2, and I don't think they're a great football team, and the 49ers... Uh, even with a lot of backups in, even with missing so much star power, can still beat them. They're still an NFL team, and you can't go out and lay an egg and think you're going to beat anybody in the NFL. So the 49ers still have to show up, and they still have to play well, and I think they can, and it starts with staying healthy. If they have any hopes of of having a really good season and going into the playoffs and doing damage again and potentially getting back to the Super Bowl in this hashtag revenge tour, you need as many of those pieces as you can And even if you can sneak through this stretch of games with all these injuries, you got to get guys healthy and you can't have any more new devastating injuries. So stay healthy. Key to victory. Probably number one. It starts me off here, though, at number five. The number four key to victory Sunday is the backup quarterback, Nick Mullins. He has to bring some magic. That big Nick energy, as they say. Mullins mania. Whatever you want to call it, he has to play well. I mean, and... Luckily for the 49ers, this isn't a situation like it was for the Steelers last year where they're bringing in Duck Hodges. Like We've seen Nick Mullins play pretty well in the NFL, and and I believe Nick Mullins can play well, and I think he's going to have a pretty good game. He doesn't even have to show up and torch the Giants. He doesn't have to put up huge numbers, but just do what he did well when we saw him play in 2018. Confidence, not afraid to sling it. And most of all, don't make a bunch of big mistakes. You can't be throwing picks. You can't be fumbling the ball. Turnovers just can't happen. So It's kind of a bonus that he was able to play in the second half and play with a lot of the players he's going to play with this week. So we got a little bit of, you know, that was maybe his preseason, kind of get the kinks out there. And he did have a fumble there on that Quinn and Williams sack. Um, You know, it was weird just getting thrown into the action. And and that was an odd game. But I think it's going to help Mullins to have had that. So at least he's been on an NFL field recently and he was in there with all the guys he's going to be in there with this week and he's got to play well you don't just roll in as I mentioned this is the New York Giants are a beatable team but you don't roll in and play bad with a bunch of backups and go pull out a W you know this isn't a gimme game anymore against maybe a bad team whereas the 49ers would have been favored by 10 points if everyone was healthy it's going to be a tight one and the 49ers have to play good to go pull this one out in New York with all these players hurt and that's going to be uh, the theme for as long as the 49ers have a bunch of these injuries. And, you know, maybe some of these injuries are going to hurt them all year long and they're going to have to play better football and more mistake-free football than they would have had to normally. Number three, abuse the New York Giants' second-level defenders in the passing game. I think this is the biggest key as far as the 49ers' offense and the way it is schemed up by Kyle Shanahan, which is great because Kyle Shanahan wants to throw over the middle of the field. And if if you're going to leave wide receivers out of the game plan, this might be an even better week to do it than the first two weeks, with one exception. You need to target the side of the field that number 24 is not lined up on. James Bradbury is their best coverage defender. Number 24, he's a big-money cornerback that they brought in, lines up a lot on 
the offense's right side, the defense's left cornerback position, but he'll move around as well. Um, whoever's on the other side, that's where you need to target. Look at these coverage numbers. So James Bradbury, according to Pro Football Focus, 86.1, and he's looked good in the games I've seen from the New York Giants this year. After him, here are the secondary players that have played the most snaps this season. Coverage grades. Second most snaps after Bradbury. Julian Love, safety, 39.2 coverage grade. Jabril Peppers, who's not good, 56.7 coverage grade. He's fast, but he's not a good uh, coverage defender at all at safety. He might return some kicks, and he's not really great there. Uh, he's yeah, He's been a total bust for me, but I don't know. The Giants liked him, and the Giants traded for him. But uh, whatever. He's part of the Odell Beckham trade. Logan Ryan, who plays mostly in the middle of the field, 66.7. So one of the better grades for coverage guys after James Bradbury, but I don't think he's lining up much outside. The guys who are lining up outside, Corey Ballantyne, 40.3. Second-year player out of a small school, I believe it was Washburn. Darnay Holmes, a rookie who played a little in the slot, plays a little bit outside, 42.8, so no better there. Isaac Yidham, even worse, 36.2. Adrian Colbert, 48.8. He's not playing anyway. Uh, just a backup safety special teams guy there. for So essentially, they can make plays on the outside, but it's going to have to be the opposite side of the field from James Bradbury. So no need to throw at number 24 when you have those cover guys on the rest of the field. And oh yeah, go attack Blake Martinez, who's a better run defender than he is a pass defender as a linebacker. O'Shane Jimenez, um, you know, the, the linebackers, safeties, that's where the 49ers defense is going to most likely attack. And that's where they attack a lot of teams. So that plays into their strength. So expect big games from Jordan Reed in the slot, Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield. And then maybe you can hit one, maybe some rookie on rookie crime on the outside opposite of Bradbury, Brandon Ayuk versus Darnay Holmes or something like that. See if you can get a big play on that side of the field. But I imagine it's going to be trying to get the ball out on the perimeter away from the center of that Giants defensive line, which is where the strength is. Attack the second level of the field, middle of the field, safeties and linebackers. Luckily, Kyle Shanahan's offense is set up to do just that. Oh, and a couple statistics on that note here. One, this is from Jeff Dini at Pro Football Focus. He said, Nick Mullen's career passer ratings when targeting George Kittle Pass rating of 107.8. Most quarterbacks are going to be better targeting George Kittle. Uh, all other throws, not targeting George Kittle. 83 passer rating. So a lot of success Mullins throwing George Kittle's way when he was playing in 2018. He's not going to have uh, his number one weapon out there this week. So can he find Jordan Reed just as much? Can he get the ball outside to his receivers? Niners haven't been getting the ball outside. This one from Mike Renner at PFF. The 49ers have only five completions all season to receivers that lined up split out wide. Every other team in the league has at least twice that many. Uh, and he goes on to say, yeah, I think they could use Debo Samuel. Yes, the 49ers could use Debo Samuel. And maybe it's Mohamed Sanu. Maybe it's Brandon Ayuk this week. Kendrick Bourne getting more involved. They've got to at least try it. They've got to start getting the ball outside a little bit more. just makes things so easy to defend when you know that a team's not going to go over the top or outside at all. It's less of the field to defend. And I mentioned how the middle of the field is where they need to target. Yeah, but if they're going to let you throw outside and if they're going to do everything they can to take away the middle, you might have to go that route. But uh, most likely this week isn't the week that the Niners are going to open it up outside. Although Mullins does like to sling it a little bit. He, he, he fancies himself a gunslinger a little bit, which is why I think a lot of people like Nick Mullins because he's not afraid to let the ball go. 
Oh, and by the way, one more wide receiver note. Mohamed Sanu played more than I realized when I initially watched that game with the original broadcast. I only saw him on the field a couple times, and most of it was run blocking, but he took at least 15 snaps or so, and his snaps were in place of Brandon Ayuk. So it was Brandon Ayuk and Mohamed Sanu rotating in and out at one wide receiver spot, and it was pretty much Kendrick Bourne out there the entire game at the other spot, which is interesting. So the more Sanu plays, does that mean the less... Brandon Ayuk's going to play, or could Sanu work in in both spots? And does that mean when Debo is back, does Debo replace Kendrick Bourne in the starting lineup? Because you would assume that the 49ers would have it planned out to where eventually the two starters are Debo Samuel and first rounder Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. We'll find out. Kyle Shanahan always talks about how the wide receivers are interchangeable. So we'll see how they line up this weekend. And maybe we can glean a little bit more information from that rotation. Key to victory number two for the 49ers to beat The New York Giants Sunday, it is the 49ers interior offensive line versus the New York Giants interior defensive line. It is the strength of that New York Giants team inside. They've got Dalvin Tomlinson playing nose tackle. They've got veteran Leonard Williams on one side, a top five pick. And then their first rounder last year, Dexter Lawrence, who's kind of a star in the making. He's played really well for them uh, on the other side at defensive end in their odd front. And that's the strength. And Here's a little stat here to show you how good those guys have played. And then Blake Martinez as a linebacker, uh, as a run defender, is pretty good inside too. So this from Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz. The New York Giants defense is allowing the league's lowest success rate on first and second downs so far this season. And that is sort of a, a shocker for how bad the Giants have been and how much that usually helps your team out if you're putting the opposition in bad down and distances on third downs, right? But they can't get off the field on third downs because teams can attack the middle of the field. Teams uh, have a place they can go uh, opposite of one cornerback where they can find completions and keep the chains moving, even though they're not successful running the ball in the first two downs. So for the 49ers, who are going against another team, and this was supposed to be the strength of the Jets team last week, right? And then the Niners, the first play of the game, went 80 yards. But where'd they go? They went around the outside. So Again, I think the 49ers need to get the ball out quickly. I think you'll see them toss it to their running backs, toss it to tight ends, short, quick stuff, maybe some some quick screens to the wide receivers, get Ayuk involved, slants, get, get the ball in his hands to make some plays, and make sure that Nick Mullins isn't getting killed by the interior and all that beef inside for the New York Giants because they're pretty good. And it's definitely one of the weaknesses of the 49ers team, their offensive interior line, so that a matchup I don't like for the 49ers and one that if the Giants are able to beat the Niners, it's probably one that they're going to take advantage of and you have people in Nick Mullen's lap all day. It doesn't seem like the kind of game script where you're going to want to have Jeff Wilson, as much as I like Jeff Wilson, you know, having him run between the tackles all day into that probably doesn't make a lot of sense either. So I'm guessing there are a lot of outside zone stuff, a lot of tosses, try to get the ball out on the perimeter, try to get the ball to the second level for your playmakers. That's how I envision the offense going for the 49ers in week three. And the final key to victory for the 49ers to beat the Giants is on the other side. It's that 49ers defensive line. How can they perform without Nick Bosa and D Ford? 27% pressure rate since Nick Bosa joined the team in 2019. That drops 10%, only a 17% pressure rate without Bosa, according to ESPN. Eric Armstead, I'm looking at you. I was tweeted a lot. Who's going to lead the 49ers defensive line now? Who's going to lead the team in sacks? What are they going to do without Nick Bosa? Eric Armstead is the veteran on that line. He 
He's being paid like a star player. He needs to play like one and anchor the Niners' D-line the rest of the year. And he can do it. He was awesome last year. He was awesome last week. If Eric Armstead stays consistent, uh, he's going to have to do more of his damage as a pass rusher off the edge now. Eric Armstead needs to earn that paycheck. Uh, He definitely can do it. He's a talented guy. That's going to be huge for the 49ers going forward. And luckily for them, you know, they have still two extra first rounders hanging out on their defensive line in Armstead. And, oh yeah, rookie Javon Kinlaw, who's shown flashes the first two weeks. Well, he's a starter now. You got no choice. He's going to have to play more snaps. And if Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw can play like those first rounders, the 49ers are going to be okay. Maybe if they're not as dynamic as they would have been then hopefully you get D Ford back and you can do some things there. But uh, there's going to be a heavy rotation inside and out. But the first rounders, Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, they got to show up big. And this is a week they can do it because the Giants offensive line is awful. Like they are really bad. So even with all the injuries, that Niners defensive line can eat this week. And I think that's where this game's going to be won in the trenches. You know, it's a very old school sort of cliche thing to say, but it all starts up front. Whichever defensive line abuses the other team's offensive line, I think that's the team that's going to win this game. And uh, the Niners can definitely win that matchup for sure because I like Kyle Shanahan's ability to scheme away from the strength of the Giants' defense. I don't know if the Giants can get away from a bad offensive line and a lot more talent on the back end of the 49ers. That's enough for me today. Those are the keys to victory this weekend. It's going to be fun. 10 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. Don't forget 49ers and Giants, and I'll be back here Monday to break it. All down, Locked On 49ers.